Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. Welcome, one and all, to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, also known as DJM. I'm tired, and we're going to talk about all of that later. But not without my most intrepid co-host, Jackson Falcone Cacciatore. What's up, Jackson? How is it going? Hi, tired. I am Jack, and really happy and glad to be here as your one and only anime podcast host who has most certainly, without a doubt, collected all 52 deck cards in the cloud deck. Who could say that on their anime podcast? Don't that's look it pr- up. That's pretty damn impressive. We're, we're going to have to raise our game for this episode. We, we really, really are. So much so that I had to bring in a ringer. I had to call some favors, uh, do some things that I'm not entirely proud of. Uh, it was behind a proxy server, so, you know, it is what it is. And call in the big guns. Joining us, YouTuber and writer extraordinaire, one of my favorite people out on the anime internet, Miss Shay Taree. What's up, Shay? Thanks for joining us back on APOS. Hi, thank you so much for asking me. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> it is a joy, a pleasure, and a privilege to have you on, Shay. Now, this, everybody, is going to be a, a very special episode. Not, not in that way. Calm down, relax. It's it's not the 80s. It's 2019. I have a problem. We, we have general understanding of boundaries now. <laughs> I hope so, at least with this episode. Because we are going to talk about conventions. Because right now, Shay, Jack and myself have all just come back or are about to go to a bunch of anime conventions. Now, I'll just throw this one around the horn as I like to do from time to time. Shay, uh, what about anime conventions appeals to you the most? For me, I just I like being around other anime viewers and just being able to, you know, Mostly buy stuff. <laughs> I love going to the, I love going to the dealers hall and buying stuff that I usually am not able to buy because it's not readily available uh, for me. Except if I like buy it online, so it's really cool to be able to go to one place and buy all the stuff that you have always wanted to purchase or stuff you never thought that you wanted to purchase until you got there. And I also just like the atmosphere of being at a convention, seeing everybody dressed up. It's like my favorite. Jack, how about you? Agree with the dressing. What, what oh. draws you into these these wonderful wacky events? Uh, it it really it started as, as uh, you know being just a really unique way to to see to see new stuff to see pop culture in. Uh, you know, uh, a massive widespread celebration along the same lines of, you know, like a concert or, uh, you know, like a county fair or a Ren fair even. It, it's a really interesting kind of a nerdy portal into uh, the stuff that interests me most. And uh, the icing on the cake, which became my main reason for wanting to go to these after, you know, however many years kind of going it alone or with a small group is really going with a a real good party crew and then also, you know, meeting up, catching up, seeing friends new and old, meeting some new people and uh, finding out what you all have in common, which it's, it's pretty easy to tell what we all have in common. It's, it's a really fantastic thing. And of course uh, it goes without saying, if y'all know me, but I, I love to cosplay and see the cosplay is the 
real, the real big. That's the good stuff. I love those events a lot. And we'll get uh, into that because there were a lot of really fantastic uh, moments during those, I will say. Uh, there, there certainly were. Uh, for me, it was, for the longest time, it was my first real chance to be social again. Uh, in my adult life, I started going to conventions a little bit later just because of my military service, but it was how I became social. It was how I became more outgoing. And it was how I discovered the idea of niche media and creating niche media and niche content. And it was everything that I needed at the time and still enjoy to this day. It allows me to not be as tied down in the real world as I often have to be. Or it allows me to do things and act a certain way where I'm, I can feel more open about myself. I can be DJM instead of being David Majors. And I can be more as I would like to envision myself. And only recently in the last couple of years have I delved into cosplay. And when I talk a little bit later about my own experience uh, this past weekend, I'll get into my own personal insights on that. But first, Jack Shea, by amazing chance, both of you living in California, you both attended Fanime. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fanime is pretty much the big one, I believe. They're still advertised as the largest uh, gathering in uh, California, mm-hmm. or at least in NorCal. Yeah. <laughs> or SoCal. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the region is, uh, which is really bad for me. I live in California. Where, where is Fanime? Which, where is Fanime? It is San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. So it's in NorCal. Yeah, it's still NorCal. Yeah. Yeah, it's still NorCal. Uh, and, uh, We've talked about it a couple times when I when I've made my fanime recaps and stuff, but it's really really heavy on uh, having like a lot of entertainment and a lot of stuff, a lot of events going on. Like they've got screening rooms going almost twenty four seven. They've also got stage zero, which they really really upped stuff. There was always something going on when I was passing that on the second floor, and then of course. Everybody's favorite of anime, it is the staple, the the pièce de résistance, the free play game room, 24 mm-hmm. hours. That is, that's the good stuff. They bring in all these fantastic imported cabinets and uh, set them all to free play. And they've also got tournaments and stuff going on there. But that's the general overlay of the land is you've got a lot of entertainment and, and situations like that. And uh, I didn't pay too much attention to the guests aside from what some people were uh, telling me about some controversy. So, uh, Shay, did you uh, did you happen to know or, or uh, have any interest in any of the guests that were showing up or any of the panels? I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I didn't not know my I go to any of the panels. Here. Yeah, I think the only time I really went to like a lot of panels was the first year I ever went to Fanime. It was probably the one only time I ever actually went to. A lot of panels um just because i found it just for me it was a whole new experience when i had went that first time and i wanted to just 
absorb as much as I can that entire weekend. But now that since I've gone subsequent years after, I don't go to them as much. Um, but I think it really depends on what guests they have. I think the only guests I really knew about was Chris Patton. So he was like yeah. the only one that I probably would have went to a panel for. But then I wasn't that interested in really going to his panel. So for me, I was more so either at stage zero, the dealer hall, or the gaming, <laughs> the gaming room <laughs> the entire time. I what games were you, Shay? What games were you playing? What games were you playing, Shay? So my boyfriend and I didn't really play any of the games that were set up so we decided we had a we had a pack of cards so we were playing um speed and then we played this other game called new speed which he taught me so we were like just sitting there playing card games the entire time now now i now i know speed what is new speed is that one of those new hip games that us 30 year olds don't know about yet (laughs) um new speed was like instead of there being only two piles there's four And so you each have half the deck of cards and the object is to get rid of all your cards first, just like the original speed. But you put cards down if there's any doubles of cards, doubles or triples of cards. And then if there's like none that are doubles or triples, then basically you then there's actually eight piles. You get rid of the four piles that are on your side and put them back in your hand. And the game can go on for a pretty long time, especially if there's just no doubles. And it was really fun to be able to learn that new game because I had never heard of it. So, okay, so, so it's... Look forward to seeing new speed on uh, the second season of Kakegurui coming to Netflix. <laughs> it's speed, it's but speedier. <laughs> Everybody's right, Jack, you... on speed while they do it. <laughs> Look, uh, that'll be what happens. In Ka- I haven't like if you lose your hand, then uh, you're injected I'll, a little bit. I'll just say I have not gotten to Colossal Con yet. Uh, <laughs> There's your tease, everybody. Uh, oh. Jack, you mentioned the game room. What were you playing? Uh, so there's a really great game that uh, I would otherwise have to go all the way to Concord, like far, far and away from where I am stationed uh, in order to play it. So, you know, I don't want to have to travel 60 miles. I'd rather just have it in, you know, one delicious place with a bunch of fun games. Uh, Music Gun Gun. It's a rhythm shooting game. Uh, I don't know if either of you are familiar with it, but I highly recommend it if you can find it uh, at a a Japanese arcade or at a convention or whatever, because it's it's super cool. They've got a lot of anime OPs and and stuff like that. They've got good old Bad Apple, everybody's favorite Toho theme. Uh, good stuff. Just some really classic uh, uh, weebs songs. And uh, you uh, you shoot enemies that are very uh, Soul Eater-like. It's got a very fun anime aesthetic. And you've got some cool characters. And I love that. Uh, I just want to <laughs> also shout out the fact that the minute I first stepped into the gamers hall, they were starting the Skullgirls tournament. So, unfortunately, I could not uh, enter my. So we did not see the return yet. of. We did not see the return of Professor Jack. Not not the return of Professor Jack or the debut, the tourney debut of my my scrappy yet underpracticed team, uh, Grappalicious. Shout out to David's excellent wrestling podcast, Grappalicious. And if you're not sure what that uh, team would entail, uh, that is Beowulf and Sarabella, the two grapplers of the game, as you might expect. Good old Grappalicious. But unfortunately, they could not make their uh, their 
their debut, but uh, still had a lot of fun checking out that tourney scene. Uh, Music Gun Gun, always a fantastic stuff. They've got a really excellent game that I do not know the name of. Uh, I'm sure it's just as silly as Music Gun Gun. It is a table flipping game and it gives you various scenarios. Yeah, Yeah. that one's a lot of fun. I love that one a lot. And uh, (laughs) I keep wanting to say Gunstar Heroes and and Outlaw Star, but it was... uh, Oh my gosh, I really... Prairie Outlaw. (laughs) Uh, Years ago, Chris and I would play... uh, (laughs) We would play that. We'd play Prairie Outlaw. And I kept saying this year, I was like, oh man, I want to go back. We could play some Outlaw Star. Play some some good Star Heroes. He's just sitting there like, Jack, are you drinking already? It's 11 a.m. and you're getting your shit confused. (laughs) No, uh, 11 a.m. is about right. 11 a.m. is about right. At least for Colossal Con it is. Uh, and guys, Colossal Con, who boy, S- Sunday afternoon, all-, all I could do was talk with my friends in-, in our hotel room and say, man, this convention is absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> because <laughs> Colossal Con, Colossal Con in Sandusky, Ohio, for those that don't know, Sandusky, Ohio is the city in the state of Ohio where a lot of the water parks and amusement parks you might know of in the Midwest is located. Cedar Point, the Kalahari, I think SeaWorld was there for a while. So all of these things sort of coordinate. And Colossal Con is at the Kalahari Resort and Water Park. There's a hotel and convention center, and there's an indoor and outdoor water park. And Kurt, who is uh, the guy in charge of our hotel room and and gets everything pulled together, uh, when I said that, he said, yeah, Colossal Con is pretty much anime spring break. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for for people out there, I'm just going to give you guys this theater of the mind, if you will. Uh, For those of you out there that remember uh, the days of MTV spring break, everybody. And imagine that mixed with an anime con. That is Colossal Con. Yes, there is a lot of chaos and debauchery and partying and shenanigans. Uh, I told the story of Colossal Con 2017, the now infamous Mac and Cheese story, which is what all of my friends call it. Uh, Someone wanted to make Mac and Cheese in in our room, but um, I had it occupied uh, at the time. Uh, This year, in 2019... Uh, I did not do anything quite like that, though someone else I knew did. Uh, And uh, among other things, I cosplayed, which is something I very rarely do because it had been told to me and now confirmed, despite being an anime convention, Colossal Con is actually low-key a secret Star Trek con. Hey, now. And so I realized... That after my Star Trek Discovery cosplay was such a hit at Motor City Comic Con, why not bring it to Colossal Con? So I did. And that that was that was pretty exciting because Jack, you are the cosplay expert here. For me, <laughs> cosplay is still very new to me. I'm still not used to it. I'm not used to having my picture taken. I'm not used to 
posing, although I kind of pulled it off. Uh, although in <laughs> the artist, like a couple times, right? Like a couple <laughs> times before with fellow kids and uh, like a kind of kind of sort of outfit inspired thing. I, I'm not entirely. It sure was. What the other uh, one I was. did the My bad. the fellow kids for a Halloween party that I was attending. And yes. uh, that ended up going into Yomacon a few years ago. Uh, and also, I was Broken Matt Hardy from the WWE and, and Impact Wrestling. Yes. Uh, the, the wrestling character that was hot at the time. And now being in a Starfleet uniform for Star Trek Discovery, uh, in the Artist Alley, there, there is a fantastic uh, nonprofit called the, the Star Trek Federation. Uh, they are a nonprofit for charity and, and just spreading goodwill under the, the ideals that were founded by Gene Roddenberry, his ideal of what the United Federation of Planets has. And at their booth in the Artist Alley, they had a captain's chair. And they oh, yeah. practically yeah. pushed me to sitting in the captain's chair in my Discovery uniform to get my picture taken. On one hand, it was very shocking and very surprising because I, I'm not someone that that is used to or is seeking out that much validation. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I, I could not miss up a chance to sit in the captain's chair uh, of the it, it was a captain's chair of the original Enterprise. So I could not miss that chance. And uh, honestly, a, as a Trekkie, there were simply no words. And wow, they were so many Trekkies at Colossal Con. And wow, do the Trekkies at Colossal Con know how to party. Wow, do they know how to party. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm still tired. <laughs> That's and, incredible. And, and on top of that, they they, they outpartied my convention group, of which I, uh, I think every convention group generally has the person that makes the drinks for the whole hotel room. Uh, and, and the person that makes the drinks is your boy DJM. Wow, do the Trekkies know how to party. <laughs> wow, do they know <laughs> What were y'all drinking? Yeah. Everything. Everything. <laughs> now, and, I don't know and, if you're familiar and, with this, David. And it, sorry it to cut you off, Jack. continued, but there used to be... Oh. Go ahead. And, and uh, I'll just say this, guys. There were, there were other things going on. And, and the two of you both living in the state of California, uh, me living in the state of Michigan, I'll just say there were some other things going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, like I said, sometimes I go to conventions and do things I don't normally do. And <laughs> yeah, the Trekkies know how to party. Wow, do they? Uh, and David, just really yes, quick with the, with the drinking, uh, I would suggest the next time for Colossal Con, take a quick look on uh, Amazon or eBay, or maybe maybe at your local Big Lots. It's looking like for. Uh, the still continued Star Trek licensed Romulan ale energy drink for a mixer for your for your Trekkie what? con related needs. Jack, that all that was like already time. covered. That was already oh, covered. Good, good I'm job. So glad. <laughs> but, you had me yeah, worried well, in the well, first half. Not gonna lie. And I am also someone that even now. Uh, I still enjoy a few panels here and there. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say, how do I put this? I remember some of them being good. 
I remember. I remember. I do remember enjoying the ones that I went to, uh, including the one that was that was supposed to be about physics. Uh, there was one that was supposed to be about physics, but the guy there did a Doctor said, Who cosplayer just show up and repeat physics ad infinitum no. until the half an hour was over. No, it didn't even go that long. Uh, the dude God that damn. ran the panel said that he lost his PowerPoint presentation somewhere no. in in between no. the beginning of Colossal Con and that panel, which, given Colossal Con, I can understand. In between the partying and the water park and the rides and the after-hours water park rave. <laughs> just, just, just in between all of this. I can completely understand how you would lose your presentation. I can completely understand it. <laughs> I, I am that is, when I, oh. I I have told people that I would love more people to come to conventions in the Midwest. I would love for people to come to ASEN and Yomacon and Colossal Con because wow. Turning it up is is an understatement. It it doesn't do it justice. And e- yeah. even when it was like pouring rain, people were still just going absolutely bonkers. It, it, when lightning would hit, people would start howling and screaming outside. <laughs> and it was <laughs> it it was MTV Spring Break for anime nerds. It really I, was. I'm loving it. I feel like people I don't realize that. that like convention season for like us anime fans. Like, you don't realize how much anime fans know how to party until you see anime fans at a convention. And I think it's because we're, most of us at least, are also used to, like, staying up all night. That (laughs) us staying up all night, whether it's to watch anime together or to party or do whatever, like, that's normal for half of us, (laughs) if not most of us. And then, and then you add in the alcohol and the sugar mm-hmm. and the the just I feel energy like it's levels. The sugar. It's always the sugar and the alcohol, just, but I feel like yeah, it's all a lot of sugar, all the stuff. Right. I feel like that's when you down tons of pocky that you never thought you would really down during that entire weekend. I, do, you, do you hear me shaking the box of pocky that was still here on my desk? <laughs> and also, oh my God. like. And also Ramune, because that like has so much sugar in it. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh... <laughs> so yeah, ev- yeah, everybody come to Colossal Con. <laughs> it's it's kind <laughs> yeah. of insane. I also but... I also have to say that I feel like going to panels depends on what convention you go to. Because so I feel like some conventions are definitely known for like their panels and their guests, whereas some are more so known for like their dealer's hall or their other things. Cause like I can say that I feel like Fanime is most known for the fact that it's the only convention that I've gone to so far that's open 24 hours. Cause most really? of them I know really have good. an end really? time. Yeah. That, that's fascinating because in the Midwest, I would say the only exception is probably ASEN. I know their video game room is not 24 hours, but that's rare around here. Everything is 24 hours. It really is. I don't know about Anime Expo because I I haven't gone before. I want to go, though. But I know when I've gone to SAC Anime and when I've gone to Crunchyroll Expo, both of those had an end time. 
Really? But, yeah. Yeah. But, like the, yeah. the con center is still open, but they don't have anything planned. They don't have a 24 hour, you know, hall for people to nerd out in the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's, they, they oh, it's very difficult. <laughs> really? Because they, they want you to go uh, to the 7 Eleven across the con center. They do. Yeah. Because at least. With the conventions in the Midwest, people are still roaming around the con center at like three in the morning. Very, very, oh, that's fu- fully co- fully in cosplay, <laughs> yeah. f- fully with drinks in their hands. It's it, it doesn't stop, and and you can go to the game room any hour of any day and and have some games going on. Like it really does not stop until people just are in a stupor on Sunday morning. So, so, uh, Shay, uh, God, I meant to ask you, I loved yes. your Shuri cosplay. First of all, oh, thank I you. Loved it. <laughs> your Shuri cosplay was absolutely awesome. Uh, one person that I'm was rooming with, uh, at Colossal Con, uh, her and I, her name is Sophie. We have tentatively agreed either for Yomacon in Detroit or next year at Colossal Con, we will be doing a T'Challa and Dora Milaje joint cosplay. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So- so, so that <laughs> I have to say that it was so much fun cosplaying as Shuri. And I, I also want to say I did not make my costume. I bought it off of Amazon. <laughs> the only part of that costume I actually did was the makeup. That's the only part that I actually did. Everything else I bought off Amazon. They had it like packaged as, as like an adult Shuri costume. And I... I got my Star Trek uniform from Wish, uh, so it came yeah. from China, uh, which means they they made it for me uh, to order, uh, and yeah. I got the badge designed by a metal maker, but uh, the boots and the socks were mine, but it was all made and tailored to me. Yeah, for me, the only thing, also the only thing that was mine were my shoes, but it was it was a lot of fun. I was actually just like how you said how pe- how you felt when people like asked for pictures. I also felt very awkward when people asked me for pictures <laughs> because I wasn't expecting it because I've only cosplayed two other times and hey, the last too. time I hmm? said me too. Yeah, so for <laughs> me I was like it was very weird and my my boyfriend strangely enough he did not cosplay uh, especially that he didn't cosplay that day. And he was strangely enough can't kind of became my handler because it was it was just really funny because we were getting stopped uh, so many times when we would walk and I would have to give him my stuff to hold <laughs> while I. Yeah. Posed. And then he was like, I got up once to go to the bathroom. And he was like, yeah, I saw you get stopped on the way to the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, I was kind of just like, I just want to go pee. <laughs> oh, I just want to get to the bathroom. But it was just it was. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And then my boyfriend was like, yeah, even people who didn't ask for pictures, he's like, we would walk by them and that they was, I would hear them whisper, oh, look, that's Shuri. Like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. And I'm like, I didn't hear that at all. He's like, yeah, you probably did it. And it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's now, I officially now think Shuri is going to be my my go-to cosplay. That's awesome. Now, that's really awesome. now let me ask you this, Shay. For for mine, uh, it was Star Trek Discovery, a brand new show. Uh, there were other Star Trek fans from all of the other shows, so in my case, that was very, very unique. Uh, people were mm-hmm. like, oh my god, you're the first Star Trek Discovery I've ever seen. Uh, Shuri. A- and I'm sure that there were plenty of people from Black Panther and Marvel. Did you see other Shuris? 
I did not. I didn't even see another like black. I didn't even see a Black Panther. Really? Like there was at one point. That's so Marvel... disappointing, isn't it? Isn't that so disappointing? It, it, when there's, it was. When there's like a Marvel photo shoot, there's like a Marvel photo shoot in every convention now, but you only see maybe one Black Panther. That's so disappointing. Yeah. I Everybody's think, like, just doing uh, Chubby Thor and, and yeah, Spider-Man. I saw a lot of Chubby Thor. Peter Parker from yeah. Spider-Verse with the sweatpants. That was a really low maintenance and pretty plentiful cosplay I saw around there. Yeah, I saw a lot of Captain Americas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Captain Absolutely. Americas. A lot of Buckies. It was, <laughs> it was cool because like, I walked by two guys. One was dressed up as Captain America and I think I forgot what the other guy was dressed up as. And we both looked at each other and gave each other like the nod of like, hey, like, what's up? But we didn't like say anything <laughs> to each other. But it was like a recognizing of like we're both dressed as people from Marvel. Franchise, that recognized is, franchise. Yeah, it was that, like, what's up? It was really so, cool. So you guys don't have a hand sign like like the Trekkies because we can all give each other the live long and prosper. No, we didn't. I, have I guess a, gotta, we didn't have a hand sign. Uh, you got to get like. Other people uh, from Black uh, Panther can do three thousand on it. Uh, yeah, if people from Black Panther were there, you can do the Wakandan salute. But other than that, I yeah. guess there, there's yeah. Nothing and else. A, a lot of people wanted me to do the Wakanda the Wakanda salute. So like every picture, mostly I took with people, I was doing the Wakanda sign because that's mostly nice. what a lot of people like wanted me to to do, which was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the only time <laughs> it ever got awkward or really like strange was I had this one guy walk up to me. And he like did the Wakanda sign and then walked off. And then he came back up to me and goes, wait, you're dressed as Shuri, right? And I said, yes. And he was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, great. Just in case uh, I wasn't, I didn't know exactly so, what I was looking at. So <laughs> something that happened at Colossal Con, uh, Sophie and I, the one that I talked about that wants to cosplay as one of the Dora, uh, at, at the patio of our hotel room where, where the pool and everything is, uh, she screamed out something when she, I mentioned that I would do T'Challa with her. Uh, she screamed out, Ibombe! Like in mm-hmm. Infinity War. And then somebody out in the distance screamed it back. And we that just started so going cool. back and forth. I and, love and we when just started. That is almost a continuation of the Colossal Con patio parties that, that have occurred because patio parties at Colossal Con are a thing with DJs on the patios with full sets because this convention is absurd. But that, that is something that is so wonderfully connecting with all of this is that we all have these shared experiences, even across the country, whereas I'm here and you guys are there and you guys are talking about that together. And it's it's just so, so awesome. Uh, Jack, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned guests, not exactly yes. one of Colossal uh, Con's strong suits, but who, who did you encounter? Uh, again, the the guests and the panels are not really my thing. Uh, although I was aware that uh, the massive outspread of Deadpool's were there because of a uh, pretty much like the first big like uh, big famous uh, Deadpool cosplayer in the area, Deep Pity. Uh, he was coming and there was a bit of a concern that there might be, you know, people using it as an excuse to be a dick because that tends to be the kind of general idea of 
Deadpool cosplayers. They're kind of a hive mind that way. But honestly, everybody was very cool and pretty much just doing the silly thing. And yeah. that was pretty great to hear. Uh, there were some fantastic artists that I always love to see there. Uh, and, you know, the artist alley is absolutely impeccable. But you guys are on the to- uh, topic of cosplay, so I think it's time to to let the, the master speak let, let, for a moment. Let the cosplay expert take over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I had a number of cosplays to do this, uh, this con, and uh, I knew that I'd limit myself a little bit because we've got SAC anime coming up, but I still did not I, – I didn't stop myself from going ham – uh, I had many opportunity to do some quick changes, and since majority of my cosplays were ducks, it uh, worked out well. So uh, on Friday, I had the the good fortune of starting out the day in full Scrooge McDuck regalia, although it's funny that, uh, Shay, you were mentioning that you had that moment of confusion with, with someone not entirely sure if you were you were actually Shuri. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody came up to me while I was waiting to uh, check into the hotel and asked, Oh, are you, are you Scrooge McDuck cosplaying Griffin McElroy from the adventures? <laughs> like, what is this deep cut? What are you guys talking about? Also, I'm just barely dipping the surface into that content where I kind of know what you meant by that. So, you know, I, I just kind of nodded and let them take my picture. Cause I'm, I'm shameless like that, <laughs> but, uh, that was quite excellent. I've got to say, uh, you you had it absolutely right about the the unevenness of of Marvel folk, but I was also really uh, shocked and surprised. And maybe this is just carrying over because I had I have brought uh, Joker and other DC characters to Fanime, but there's very few Batman. And yeah. I get the the weather for sure, but it was actually kind of nice this weekend, and I was very shocked not to see too many Batman. But uh, moving on into the day, I changed into classic Donald Duck, and uh, I'm just going to recount this for everybody because it was a bit of an engineering showing to get them all to fit. I've got a fanny pack, kind of based off of the one that shows up in the in the new show, DuckTales 2017, where Donald's got a fanny pack that's called, it says Party Foul in bright pink letters on a neon green <laughs> thing. Yeah, and spelled F-O-W-L, as you might imagine. So I found one thanks to my good friend uh, Axel managed to find me one online on a website called Who's Your Fanny? And uh, I procured myself some stuffed uh, versions of my nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And by some force of sheer determination, I was able to cram them all into the fanny pack to carry my children around for their first con experience. <laughs> and that was quite great. Uh, other other cosplays I had are the return of Cuphead, of course. That was pretty brief. And then the con debut of Darkwing Duck, a Halloween costume turn con outfit, kind of similar to fellow kids, David. But the real big ones this year were... Uh, Donald for the Kingdom Hearts cosplay group. Uh, I happened to go with friend of the show, Chris Ferris, uh, dressed up in Sora, Sora's outfit. He was also Duke Baloney, a uh, DuckTales character from season two uh, on Friday, which was excellent. And my friend Akemi, also known as Ninja Penguin Am, was another Scrooge McDuck. We took some fun pictures together, like the good old Spider-Man meme. 
but Chris and I made it to the Kingdom Hearts gathering, and as you might imagine, that was just absolutely massive. There's just Sora's everywhere, and uh, people love Donald. People love Donald now. Uh, they, I cannot tell you the sheer amount of sound barrier that was being broken as I laid down in front of everybody to pretend to die. <laughs> that that killed a lot of people's spirits. They were all, no! And uh, I kind of feel bad because I didn't have my staff ready. I've uh, commissioned a friend of mine. I want them to take their time with it. But I considered, David, because of how uh, how similar Donald's mage outfit looks to a, a certain card captor, I thought about bringing the clow. I thought that might be a fun little crossover, but I chickened out at the last minute. Uh, pun not intended, and that's kind of a shame. But you what quacked really... under the pressure, Jack. Is what you're saying? I quacked. I quacked under pressure. I really laid an egg this time. They cooked my goose, <laughs> but. The real big one, David, I think everybody has, uh, on Twitter has been kind of following the progress slowly but surely, uh, was good old Rex Danger Vest. That that was the one I made uh, from from good old thrift clothes and determination and some fabric paint, and it, it turned out just fabulously. And I want to thank everybody who was milling about at the con who noticed who I was without me having to go to the extensive trouble of coloring myself yellow uh, because I did not want to do that. This convention, I was a little bit too uh, fucked up by that point, I will say, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you to everybody. And uh, especially thanks to like the, the Disney gathering, the kingdom hearts gathering and everything like that, because right now it it's really good. Like fanime has always been uh, a good mix not as much as Sack Anime. Like, Sack Anime's got a lot of Western stuff uh, and everything. But there was a good showing for DuckTales and for for people who were, you know, openly vested and interested in it. And uh, I really love that Gaston that I met on the final day as Darkwing, who happened to confide in me. Gaston of Paris managed to tell me, you know, Darkwing is, like, my influence, like, my favorite character. And I just think that's just so perfect it has to be it has to gaston loves darkwing of course he does no the convention people are just wonderful wonderful groups and uh whether whether you are like me or shay uh you know buying your shuri or donald kingdom hearts cosplay or you're making it from scratch or just mixing and matching some stuff from thrift stores and online shops uh it it's a wonderful, wonderful hobby and a great thing to do uh, in a convention setting. And I just, everybody who does it is really awesome and really brave and very creative. And I love and it. I have to say, I, I was always a little bit leery of cosplaying and being at a convention. I was always a little bit leery of it because of the sewers of the internet. But I've had nothing but positive experiences from it. Uh, to my own surprise, uh, seeing people say out of nowhere, your Star Trek Discovery cosplay is amazing. And, and just mm -hmm. the fact that people know this from something that is still fairly brand new and not totally easily accessible uh, and seeing other people in Star Trek uniforms want to take pictures with me and exchange photos and all of that. It is 
a remarkable experience as someone who does not do it very often. It's a remarkable experience. It's it's very rewarding. Shay, how do you feel about it? I agree. I completely agree. It's a very rewarding, rewarding experience to be able to, number one, cosplay as one of your favorite characters or just a character that you just really like in general and be able to number one be recognized for the hard work you put into it once again whether you bought it or you made it regardless you still went through the whole like having enough confidence to actually dress up and to actually cosplay as a character because a lot of people struggle with that and trying to figure out number one a character that they can cosplay or that they want to cosplay and I also agree with being rec- being recognized, especially when you're wearing something that's not easily recognizable. So for Sunday, the last day of the con, my boyfriend and I, we didn't dress up, but we both bought t-shirts online that were from the show Legends of the Hidden Temple. You were so, wearing oh, Legends yeah. of the Hidden... Yes, 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 we yes, yes. Wore, we wore the shirts that were the blue... We were the blue barracudas. Yes. And surprisingly, a lot of people oh, yeah, walked definitely. up to us and was like, yes. wait, are those from Legends of the Hidden Temple? <laughs> because I it's see a those that at, I grew up with. <laughs> I see those at almost every convention I go to now, yes. including Colossal Con. There were like multiple ones. There was the Silver Snakes. There was the Purple Silver Parrots. Snakes all the way, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, what, one of them was carrying around a replica of the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. That's, oh, see, God. That was cool. See, we didn't do that. Like, at one point, we thought about wearing, like, he wore khaki shorts, but I didn't own any khaki shorts. So I wore jeans. And at one point, we were like, we should wear elbow pads and knee pads. Like, that should go yeah. with it. And oh, yeah. Like, we should, he's like, they'll, have, they'll have the helmets. Was, they'll have the knee pads bungee. and everything. The whole For thing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm down with the elbows and the knee pads, but the helmet not going to fit on my head with these no. braids. <laughs> so I may not do the helmet. <laughs> I was like, but it was cool because we were like buying something in Dealers Hall and this guy goes and he goes, wait, those shirts, they look so familiar. And he was like, wait, it's that show. And my boyfriend goes, Legends of the Hidden Temple. He's like, yes, that is the show. He was like, man, I didn't think a lot of people really remembered that show. Oh, oh, and for everybody me and him, remembers it. Yes. Let, let me confirm. It's a tabletop game now, which is a very fun experience. Yes. For us, we remembered it as like the, the show that was on Nickelodeon. That half of mm-hmm. us, I know for me, I would get all the answers wrong, but I always wanted to go through the 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 obstacle course at the end. I've always wanted to do that. And if you can get somebody with armor. It, uh, it would be no surprise to anyone. To. It would be no surprise to anyone that I absolutely thought of Kirk Fogg, the host of the show, as a hero. Because I absolutely <laughs> yeah. could have seen myself with a microphone and khaki shorts. I totally could have done that. <laughs> If you can get somebody, uh, you know, in your in your group uh, who would uh, possibly go to like the next con that has armor expertise and would be willing to, it'd be awesome if you brought that back and had like your your knee pads and stuff kind of prepared ahead of time, and you have that person alongside of you trailing behind as a temple guard. That would be amazing. That would be a really cool, really really cool. Those those are really distinct figures you know they've got the the influence the temple influence and everything is very cool yeah i I think that'd be a a really fun addition if you wanted to get uh you know like three or even four people you get a couple people doing temple guard stuff 
Uh, no, that, that is one that's, thing that's I have not seen is the temple guards. I'll see a, yeah, I'll see almost one or two Legends of the Hidden Temple at every convention I go to, but not the temple guards. So see, that, that could be really good armor stuff. See, I hadn't seen the Legends of the Hidden Temple shirts before ever, like at a con. Also, granted, I may have never been looking that hard to actually ever see them or notice if anyone was wearing them. But I don't even know what made us think of getting those shirts. I think we were watching something and they brought up Legends of the Hidden Temple, something on YouTube we were watching. And he was like, I wonder if we should get those shirts and wear them to the con. I was like, do they sell them? And so we found them and I was like, "Okay, we're doing this. Like this is yeah, cool, that, and it was just, and to me, that's also a great way for someone who's not yet ready to go full blown cosplay. Like just wearing a shirt from a show that maybe you watched as a kid or that you really enjoyed. Like a lot of times, that's also a great way to, you know, cosplay, even though it's not Catch a complete. Me buying, cosplay. I was Catch wearing me my that my two shirt when I uh, get top surgery. <laughs> I w- <laughs> I was wearing my two different disco shirts for Star Trek Discovery, and people even recognized those. And in in season one, people hated them, but now they love them. But guys, I want to talk to you about something. uh, We're going to transition. Sorry, Jack. No pun intended. Uh, In 2018, I did something really reckless and stupid and insane that I might be doing again in 2020. Uh, here in the Midwest, uh, right after Colossal Con or right before, uh, it's ASEN, Anime Central in Chicago. Just as big, just as wild, no water slides, but it, it is an anime convention of that caliber. These are about two weeks apart from one another, and my friend Bryant, my friend Catherine, and myself, we did the double shot. And it was ridiculous and insane and kind of awesome. And we might do it again. You two, Jack and Shay, you are about to head to SAC Anime very soon, aren't you? Right after Fanime. If I inspired this, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Shay, I'll let you go first. Uh, What are you looking forward to at at, uh, SAC Anime? I'm looking forward to the guests, and that's because I feel like SAC Anime is definitely, at least for me, I feel like they're very more known for their guests um, for the two years before that I've gone. Um, they always had really good guests of people that I really, really wanted to meet and like wanted to get autographs from or wanted to take pictures with. So that's what makes me the most excited about going to SAC Anime this time is because I know Todd Habercorn is going to be there, Jim Cummings is going to be there, and... That makes me really excited. <laughs> yeah, there's the guest situation is unreal for SAC anime. Uh, I, I mean, oof. Do do I do I just do I just go all in? Do I just show my hand too? Are we doing go this? All in. I feel go like go for it. All right, go for it. All right. Uh, Jim Cummings and Terry McGovern, Darkwing Duck, also Winnie the Pooh, and uh, Terry McGovern, Launchpad McQuack uh, yes. are showing up as guests for vip and uh thank you so much to lonnie for helping me procure a vip ticket because the double dip is expensive but wow wow i'm i am i am beyond excited for that and uh continually as as they get more and more of these disney afternoon guests and the voice actors returning uh i become more and more retroactively upset that i missed tony anselmo in uh 2017 the voice of donald duck 
that just will kill me forever because I've got like everybody else now. <laughs> and the collection just keeps growing. <laughs> it's like the one guy, the one guy who will finally be able to criticize that I don't do the voice right out of the side of my mouth. Ah, well. Uh, and the karaoke at Sack Anime is also pretty fun if you can oh, manage to get yes. in there. Yes. I, at ColossalCon, there was karaoke. And I was going to do my karaoke staple, Mr. Roboto by Styx. Uh, it's about Good. Japanese robots. It counts. It's about Japanese robots. It counts. Shut up. Arigato. They got on me because they had a limit of five <laughs> minutes or less on a song. And Mr. Roboto oh, by Styx oh. is five minutes 30. So, boo earns. Oh. Okay, I even, no. I even that's flashed. Not, that's not okay. I even, flashed my own vip badge i flashed my own because i had one uh because and they were like oh crap if you want to pick another song we'll move you right to the front you'll be next <laughs> and i was like i i you're asking me to pick a song like in a minute like come on guys i'll i'll, I'll, I'll just go i'll just go <laughs> that, that is my that is my karaoke yeah. staple if if, if uh if Jay, do you have a karaoke staple? Me. Jay? Yes, sorry. Do you do you have a karaoke staple? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I feel like I do, but I don't because I don't karaoke a whole lot. Um when I have it's one of those like when you go to the karaoke place and there's like a room and it's just you and your friends. So I've right. never done it in front of public people that don't know me um what what song is it shay you're among friends i feel like it's always tlc it always is something tlc and i feel like it's always me and my friends singing no scrubs (laughs) because it's just the song that you know somehow gets played i i have to say (laughs) that this song came up at colossal con as well with with (laughs) sophie and you saying that it just came into my head like yep that sounds about right that that's that, that it's exactly what I expected. I'm sorry. It's okay. I feel like it's that's like great. such but, a like a, it's T- just TLC a good is great. Song. It's it's great. That is a great song. Even if uh, you don't relate to it anymore, like even if you're like with somebody for some reason, you still like to sing that song. If it comes on the radio, I'm definitely singing it. <laughs> now, David, mine, I'm mine really outside mad of convention. Outside because of conventions if- is Return of the Mac, and and that came up this weekend too. So so oh. I get that. Jack, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, if if you if you were turned away for wanting to play a five minute song, and Fanime tells me I can do uh, years ago. This is a couple years ago when I did Junkrat. Uh, if they tell me, yeah, no, you can screech in a horrible Australian affected accent. Uh, the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. I think you're allowed. I'm just mad for you. That's not cool. Like, yeah, I, Bohemian I was a little bad. Rhapsody is the long song. <laughs> also, I'm sorry. That was my choice. <laughs> it wasn't as ubiquitous <laughs> as it is now. <laughs> I also love, like, anything Backstreet. Those are pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah. It gets people moving. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not scared. as familiar with NSYNC. I was more of a uh, Backstreet guy. Um, oh. I was a Backstreet boy. <laughs> uh, I was oh a my total goodness, what is it? Girl, <laughs> I love hey, NSYNC. I, <laughs> Actually, I, I like. I, I have no beef. 
I have I no like beef both with for uh, different reasons. Yeah. As long as we all realize that they are both superior to new kids on the block. Yeah. As good as new kids on the block also is, let's be fair. It's it's a battle between two, not three titans. Yeah. And Plus, none of them the compare to boys were... to men. That's very uh, true. It never shows up on karaoke, but I also am very partial to The Man by The Killers for obvious reasons. Uh. Well, now we all know what karaoke songs we're going to play when we all converge at one convention or another. But, Shay, uh, are are you cosplaying anything new or are you going to do Shorty again for Sack Anime? I've thought about doing Shuri again for Psych Anime, but I'm not for sure if I'm going to do it. Only because that same weekend of Psych Anime, my boyfriend and I, my boyfriend had already planned a trip to the DMV. So that means we have to leave Psych Anime to travel back to the Bay for a DMV appointment. <laughs> uh, so oh no. we won't, I know. And we're taking the train. So it's going to be like an all day thing. So. I probably won't be cosplaying at all because I may not have enough time to feel like I really get to wear the cosplay the entire day. So here's what you should do. Shay. Here's what you should do between now and then find those knee pads, find those elbow pads. Yeah. And have have yeah. your boyfriend get that helmet and, and, and go full legends of the hidden temple that. Oh my God. Do that yes. In between now and then I'll be yes. on the lookout for that. And if you do happen <laughs> to bring Shuri, like I'll be on the lookout for that too. Yes, I I will I will try to bring both, and we I'm sure see. people at the DMV have seen weirder. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. I would actually really. That's an idea to actually dress up as Shuri and go to the DMV. And if they <laughs> and if they ask questions, just be like, I was at a convention and I had that, to come here. <laughs> and isn't that something that is kind of one of the underrated parts of going to a convention is that when you're outside of the convention and you're going to get something to eat or something and you're in cosplay or you're in like a big nerd shirt and you're in your badge or you've got a drink in your hand and you're just like going into a Wendy's or something and like the person there uh, taking your orders like, oh, so how's the con going? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me because the crazy part was that I was with my boyfriend and two of our friends and we went to go eat Korean barbecue and I was the only one that was cosplaying. So it was like three of them dressed in normal clothes and then there's me. And so it was like very, <laughs> very weird. But I feel like when it's like, especially when fanime is happening, I feel like most of the retailers there and most of the food places know it's a con going on. So they're like used to people coming in, dressing up in crazy costumes so they're like whatever it's fine but it was very very awkward because i walked in and i'm like oh this is pretty far from the con so no one at all knows what i'm doing (laughs) but it was it was fun yeah Uh, guys i'm I'm hoping you'll get that i'm really i'm really glad you guys had so much fun and i know you will have fun at Sack Anime. Jack, I know you will have fun at Sack Anime. But oh, yes. oh, yeah. before we go, let's let's let Jack get this in. Uh Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. you, <gasps> yes. you had something about Detective Pikachu. Uh yeah, I had a couple points I wanted to make and I thought it'd be really good to bring this in on the anime podcast of some sh- sort of uh, some short. <laughs> uh I know that Shay has seen Detective Pikachu, but you have not. Do you have any interest of in seeing it? You can spoil it anyway. All right. 
uh, I would say, uh, just giving people a little bit of uh, background on me, I am not very well versed in Pokemon. Like we obviously talk about the anime on the show, but that's more of just kind of a tenuous connection. And then whenever something really good or noteworthy happens, then I'm, you know, I'm in there along everybody else. But uh, haven't really touched anything since Gen 2, and my experience with the games has really just been the the spinoff N64 games, so I've never completed a single gym in any mainstay Pokemon game. That's just not my deal, and I can only memorize 251. I'm sorry, that that's just how much my decrepit brain can handle, <laughs> Gen Z. I don't know how you do it. There's like Almost a thousand, I think, as of Sword and Shield, and I'm mm -hmm. going to kill myself. But I'm not going to kill myself because of Detective Pikachu, because I think it has really encapsulated everything uh, that I like about Pokemon. And maybe other people, you know, the diehard fans are feeling like it's really for them. But as someone who had that really kind of casual connection to it, never really jumped in as a full-fledged fan... It really captures the the wonder of having these super-powered animals essentially live in this fully realized world. And for them to come up with a very unique uh, a way of riding around the battles, uh, you know, it takes place in a, a standalone city where Pokemon just walk alongside and cohabitate. It, it really, it took away what was frustrating about the series to me. Like, I'm more about the the exploration and the the fact that they all have weird little zoological situations going on that's really cool to me and they really kept that in this film i think and it looks and feels really fantastic shay what did you think of it i absolutely loved it <laughs> um <laughs> it made me feel so many emotions while watching it it was definitely a tearjerker well it made me sad in certain parts of the movie um, but it also made me laugh a lot, and I still feel like having Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' voice Pikachu was such a genius choice um, because it made for it to me. It felt like if they would have gave Pikachu like a higher voice or someone else to voice Pikachu, um, it would have gotten very annoying. But hearing Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu made it hilarious because we all know how Ryan Reynolds is. I mean, we've most of us have seen Deadpool, so like. We know how, like, crazy he can be. So to have him voicing this, like, cute little Pokemon with the voice that, with his voice was genius. And. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. And I feel like they definitely did a best, a, a great route with how they decided to take, do, to do a live action Pokemon movie. Because I know Legendary has had the rights for a really long time. And everyone always wondered what was a live action Pokemon movie going to look like and everyone always deviated to it being about like Ash, Misty, and Brock but a lot of us were like and eh, that feels like just a weird live action to do because they don't really have a storyline so for them to take the video game Detective Pikachu and turn it into a storyline storyline like how they did and make it just to make it an all around really great film and to not try and overload us with so many Pokemon because they only put in, I think, like 40 different species of Pokemon. So there's so many that they didn't include. And they put in a they put in so many different generations of Pokemon. So it's not just the original 151 that it makes you excited to see if they 
decide to do a, a second movie and also it kind of showed people that live action animes can be done depending on like who's all involved because i know the pokemon company was very much involved with detective pikachu yeah thank that you. was thank you for that yeah. vote of confidence shay as a sonic <laughs> thank you <laughs> that is that is like the the big point I wanted to bring up in that this has a very different kind of uh, of a pedigree than most anime films, which is to say it has one uh, that the Pokemon company uh, was working alongside had a hand in this uh, in some faction. And I think that should uh, should remind people I, I want people to still be optimistic and I want, you know, it to continue to be uh, a positive uh upswing with anime films but i also think we need to remember that the pokemon company is a multimedia company it wasn't just card games or video games to begin with they and and they've made the animated films of course so uh i feel like that is kind of like a asterisk to it but i don't want to spoil anybody's fun of thinking th- this is a good trend upwards and of course the fact that it smashed Avengers Endgame at the box office proves people wanted to see this. And I think you said that they uh, about considering a sequel. I wasn't there a uh, an announcement that they already had greenlit a sequel, David? I or is that Detective Pikachu? Like I believe I did see that confirmed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have already I'm got surprised. another one going. I'm not surprised. I think also what really helped uh, Pikachu was now. The... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I just was going to say, I think another thing that helped Detective Pikachu was the marketing that was involved. I mean, you saw marketing mm-hmm. for this movie everywhere and you saw Ryan Reynolds get into it also with the videos that he put out on YouTube of like how he trained to record Detective Pikachu, <laughs> but they were just total parodies, but it made you excited to watch the movie and how he got his wife involved with it too. So to me, just the way they marketed the movie and it made you excited to go see it. Even people who were very skeptical about it when they first saw the trailers for it, especially those who were very frightened of seeing Pokemon with fur like Jigglypuff, they were, they, oh, after a while, kind of like, you know, got on board with it and was like, eh, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the Pokemon might have seemed a little bit you know jarring texturally but you get very used to the visual style very early on and i'm very sensitive to cgi bullshittery i'm not down for oh man this sure looks like it was made for 1080p so the fact that they still kept the stylization and uh really really focused on uh that attention to detail to make them animal like really sold it for me i think they were able to blend that uh and and maybe it's you know it's to each his own i know some people thought it was still kind of uncanny but i thought they reached that perfect blend of the original style and uh making them resemble animals there's a really great scene it's just a small little uh bit you know there's moments like the the tauros in the uh in the fields and the birds under the rain. And then they kind of pan down in rhyme city and you get this great shot of, I think they're arcanine and maybe there's even a little growlith and they're all shaking their, their pelts cause they're all wet in the rain and they look exactly like dogs, like the animation, mm-hmm. the, you know, everything they're moving exactly like animals. It's very, very cool to see them integrated that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get a little bit, 
in on uh, the mystery just a little bit because that that's my bag. And also it kind of tie into another thing. I think this this movie is also a really good commercial for the game because mm-hmm. it really encapsulates not just the regular tone of, OK, we're going to take this character that if if you're not familiar with the game, you know, uh, you're not uh outside of the realm of Brock, Misty, and Ash, this is new for you. And bringing us into the new environment of Rhyme City and uh, still keeping what works for a Pokemon story, which is this kind of underlying environmental situation, very subtle, uh, you know, thinking about Pokemon's bonds with people and having that almost be like a pet allegory, I think, at the beginning for Tim, you know, asking him, like, uh, you know, you really could use a Pokemon right now. You're really, you're really lonely. And he's just going, I, I really don't have time or or the space for a Pokemon right now. That's, that's a nice, good touch. Uh, they play on that in uh, the themes really well. And I think that's just fantastic. But, uh, and uh, of course, everybody's favorite, uh, you know, the corrupt, corrupt corporation situation. They were really able to bring in all the window dressing uh, in a way way that still makes it feel like it's it takes place in the pokemon world even outside of making the pokemon seem like they're on screen alongside the humans i really enjoyed that fact and david uh with those with those vague bits of table setting in place maybe that might encourage you there there's some really fantastic uh fight scenes and everything and uh Mm -hmm. henry jackman i love him as a composer he's not nearly as lauded as like Hans Zimmer or Michael Giacchino who I also really love but uh Henry Jackman did a really amazing job of integrating some classic Pokemon game uh tunes and uh some original sounding tracks into this for perfect effect in this it's just a really fun time uh yeah i I just loved it it was like awesome great it was such a good movie i also want to add in that watching detective pikachu made me like totally love psyduck because psyduck was absolutely hilarious throughout the entire detective pikachu and i love psyduck before well i did i kind of like psyduck but i feel like this movie like just it made psyduck like if you weren't a Psyduck lover before, you're gonna love him after Detective Pikachu. And also there's nothing better than hearing <laughs> hearing Pikachu sing the original Pokemon theme song. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I'm Wait, sure what? That was hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Yeah. Guys, guys. Yeah. yeah. You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. What is this? <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. So, so there's a scene <laughs> that's like I don't want to say it's like towards the end, but it's kind of like, like towards like the climax it's, of the movie. It's the it's the low point for our heroes, I believe. Yes, Everybody's kind of you know, kind of down. Destroyed. And Pikachu's sad, and he's like walking away, and you hear Ryan Reynolds <laughs> sing. Gotta catch him. I know it's our destiny, Pokemon. He's singing the Pokemon theme song like it's a ballad and it's hilarious because he like raised his little fist in the air like gotta catch them all. Like it's hilariously funny, but it's also like that's a total homage to like the original Pokemon series. And I felt like anyone who like grew up watching Pokemon, the original 151, knows that theme song and was like, oh my God, (laughs) that is the greatest. That song is 
like the the karaoke song of a generation. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. The original singer showed up to the last sack anime, I believe, which was incredible. Uh, I don't know if he hit the karaoke hall. He definitely should have. Uh, I do want to make a quick thing about the voice of Pikachu. You mentioned you can't imagine anybody else voicing him, Jay. Now, there was an original casting uh, decision, and I'm not sure why it fell through, but uh, originally they were going to have Danny DeVito as the I voice of Pikachu. I heard that, and I think it's because in the, in the game, didn't he voice him in the game? Uh, it, either or he did, or that's a very sounds... good sound-alike. Yeah, it's so very I have similar. Heard that like that's what he sounds like in the game. Yeah, and, he sounds very much uh, like. There's a fan made recut out there. Uh, you know, whoever's done that, you know, these are really fantastic to watch. Uh, there was a recut with Danny DeVito clips for the Detective Pikachu trailer. It's really interesting to see, but I wonder how that would have been like. I mm-hmm. do have to say Ryan Reynolds I, I love him and I absolutely think knocked it out of the park and the singing you that is the highlight <laughs> I do want to say I need to see it again because I think right at the beginning they kind of wanted to give that rapport really quickly with them uh with with Tim and Pikachu because there's a couple of uh, like a good solid couple moments when they're first kind of going back and forth where it is so fast that a joke lands before you really even have like a chance to to react to it and then another one is coming out of Ryan's mouth and I'm just going uh, I I really need you to to not right now but I need I need this to just back up just a little bit like if there if there's a couple if there's any uh like downsides i think there was that and then just the overall mystery like if you're paying attention and you're like me and you just have to solve it for yourself like it won't take you long you'll probably yeah. figure it out in five minutes do yeah. you see detective pikachu <laughs> potentially really jack do you see detective pikachu potentially being a franchise where they're solving more mysteries than just one like it, it's something that continues and grows as a as a Detective Pikachu Mysteries franchise? Uh, um, I would agree. Yeah. I would think maybe uh, with the way that they've set up with uh, how the cast ended, you know, with everybody kind of joining as a, a bigger party, you know, and then uh, you get the signed girl in there. She was really great. And she I'd was. love to see her take more of a front seat in another mystery. Maybe if they don't, go full into like we're going to make a whole pokemon cinematic universe after this alleged sequel maybe we get like a tv show about her and she's out there collecting new stuff because as much as i love detective shows and and stories about that and i'm a mad professor layton fan which this really reminded me of in terms of the mystery and that it kind of leads you down that path and i'm curious if the game is like that I'm, i'm feeling like i might need to check out the game uh it it leads you down that path. Shit, I totally lost my point. God damn it. <laughs> Detective Pikachu was great. Go see it, guys. It was. Yeah, go see Please. it. Yeah, I could see it being go a next. Netflix show. Like, if they ever decide to make a TV series, Netflix oh, yeah. would be the way to go. That's that's what my point was. As much as I love, like, that kind of uh, a tone uh, and and everything, I feel like that's kind of a little bit oversaturated right now, especially with... Uh, Anime guys, and Netflix guys, series. My what my I would mind love is spinning. Hmm. So, sorry, Jack. Uh, sorry to just about totally jump on what you're about to say. 
but now my mind is spinning. What if it were like a Netflix series or a web series where it was like the Pikachu detective agency and it would be various Pokemons <laughs> and trainers and it could be like a Pokemon noir. Why am I getting I was rocked thinking like, by? yeah, you take, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is instead of having it be more along the, the tone of, you know, your average, like, like be the beginning or, or anything like that. Uh, it should be, closer to who framed roger rabbit or bonkers which i liked i'm sorry i have bad taste everybody but i'm not bonkers sorry. deep I like bobcat bonkers. deep cut jackson yes mm-hmm. I just... i'm telling you right now that <laughs> between him and marsupalami it's not not a contest i don't even know what the fuck marsupalami is trying to accomplish maybe no that clue. could maybe that could be a case on the pokemon mysteries <laughs> Marsupilami, the new Pokemon in Gen 90. I don't even know how many gens we're at. Uh, now that's what, a sign of old. Anyone eight. here know how many gen? Gen we're 8. Gen 8. I'll take your word. Gen 8's going to come out for uh um uh, I think it's Sword and Shield. I think is when Gen Sword 8's come Shield. Out. Because the only Pokemon okay. that they kind of revealed for Gen 8 was Meltan. And the only reason why I know this is because I still play Pokemon Go. <laughs> and that was ah. the only Pokemon that they released for Gen 8. And I think that's nice. about it. Yeah. Awesome. We had a good time. And I hope yeah. other people are having a good time with it. And yes. hopefully I haven't spoiled too much for people who are out there curious for it. And I'll be, I'll be uh, on bated breath for... Uh, your reaction to Ryan Reynolds gracing our ears with the Pokemon ballad, David. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> you I will it. look for that as soon as we're done. But before we go, everybody, <laughs> Shay Tariq, thank you so much for joining us on APOS. Tell us what you've got going on. I hear you've got something brand new. I do. So I have a new channel. So I decided to make another channel. So I'm still going to have my original channel, which I post a lot of anime related content on there. Um, My second channel, though, is going to be a lot more of talking about stuff along the realms of like positivity, meditation, mental health, stuff of that matter, because it is something that's very, very important important to me. And it's something that I'm on my own like little like self-care journey myself. And it's something that I just want to share with everybody else as well as like take my motivational Monday topics that I used to post on my anime channel and start posting them on there. Um, So just to keep a lot of that stuff very uh, separate. So I just released my first video today Um, on that channel. I will be posting every Mondays and Fridays and I will still post on my anime channel every Wednesdays and Saturdays. Shay. I love that. Shay. (laughs) Shay. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. But I'm going to need you to tell me the name. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My second channel name <laughs> is Shay Tari Me. So it's S H A Y T A R E E and then M E. Um, spaces in between all the words. <laughs> Very um, good. Shay Tari Me, everybody. <laughs> we'll have it in the show notes. Please check it out and follow Shay Tari on Twitter at Shay underscore Tari. Shay, thank you so much. Jack, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. This podcast, everybody, the anime podcast of some sort, continues to be my self-care. This is my coping mechanism. And Jack, I cannot thank you enough for continuing to do it with me. What have you got going on, Jackson? 
Oh, man, David, as per usual, you can find my art and shenanigans on the Twitter Twatter, Jack D. Tyler D. Also give uh, my opinions and uh, little little think pieces and even occasional Jack writes little short stories on there every once in a while. So, of course, check out my uh, media posts if you want. Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And then with a little thing called uh, animated conversation, everybody check out animated conversation. I really like that one. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that you liked that, David. Yeah, uh, animated conversation kind of going over uh, the recent, my recent conspiracy about how Disney sequels are subpar because they're taking too long to get back to these guys with their ideas and how there are other examples in uh, that main animated uh, big studio uh, conglomerate that might be doing things a little bit quicker but to less success. So to get the details on that yeah please check out jack d tyler d i i yammer about that pretty frequently and if you want to get in on art streams get uh, excuse me art streams game streams uh obviously just regular artsy fartsy crafts doodles uh requests all kinds of fun shenanigans memes singing songs about color like the great late ludwig von drake of the spectrum song yes all that and more can be found at Duck Behind the Wheel. Maybe I'll change it to Side Duck Behind. No, <laughs> but that be might be fun. Uh, Duck Behind the Wheel on Instagram.com. Check out Jack Draws and various more sundry things. And uh, David, you've got a little thing called Grappalicious. I like it. I'm thank make you, you for plug liking it. it. Th- thank you, Jack. And you know what? In in line with Colossal Con and doing some things that were a little bit out of my normal comfort zone, I am going to plug all of my stuff on my own podcast. I normally hate yeah. doing it because I hate self-aggrandization, but I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. Everybody, there is the Grappalicious podcast, the brand new wrestling podcast that I do with the incomparable Subtle Doctor over at Wadui Deshu. We talk about wrestling. Lots of it. Because we're wrestling fans and we like to do a podcast. It's my first brand new wrestling podcast in about four years. And we don't talk about WWE. That was the caveat. We don't talk about WWE. Our most recent episode just came out where we talk about All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. Because it was a show that everyone was talking about. There's also the Record Breakers podcast where I host with my boy, the good brother Petey Rave. It is a book club for music. My episode is coming up very shortly. And we also have a guest host coming up in the rotation that some of you listeners of the anime podcast of some sort might be familiar with. Everybody, plug, plug, tease, tease. And last but not least, Sports Odds and Ends, where I produce with King Kaz, Brandon Cooper, and JVZ, Jerry Vin. I'm their producer for the Sports Talk Radio Show, where they cover stuff in athletics, competitive gaming we don't call it esports and anything in the world of sports that might have fallen through the cracks of the headlines at sports oddsandends.com i'm the producer and i occasionally interject with some hot takes that's all my stuff you can follow me on twitter i call me djm everyone thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort check it out in apple Podcasts, stitcher radio soundcloud Everywhere else where podcasts can be aggregated, including on your smart devices, your Googles, your Alexas, and everything in between. Yes, look for it by name. That's the anime podcast of some sort. For Jack, for Shay, 
I'm David. Thank you for listening. And I think I'll keep this podcast going. I think I will. I was thinking about it for a little bit, but I'm a, I think I'm going to keep it going. Thanks for listening. We're a trio of con artists. <laughs> 